some of the things that I say or I do and I'm like, oh, wow, this is in like the Caucasian handbook 101. When I'm hanging out with Islander people, so like Kiwis or other black people, the conversation changes, my demeanor changes. Mm. It's just immersing in that sort of culture. But then I take a step back and I'm like, wow, I, I grew up so white. Hey, and welcome to I'm Adopted, Now What? A podcast where we talk about all things race, culture, and identity, one chat at a time. This is for people who want to get real, get deep, and figure out, now what? I'm your host, Liza. Welcome to the podcast. All right, we are back for part two two of my interview with Nick and Courtney all the way from Australia. If you're tuning in now for the first time and you haven't listened to part one, then I recommend pausing now and going back to listen to last Tuesday's episode, part one. Also, don't forget to tune in next week for our final part three of this conversation with Nick and Courtney. You don't want to miss it. Really quick, just before we jump into part two, I wanted to say that since recording my conversation with Nicholas and Courtney, Nicholas decided that the name Juan felt more authentic to his Colombian roots and his Colombian adoptee identity. So on all of the socials for part one, two, and three, and, you know, anything that came after the actual recording of the interview, I will be referring to him as Juan, but obviously because I recorded this with him and Courtney before, in the conversations, he is still referred to as Nicholas. I ran this by him. He's totally fine with it. I just wanted to preface part two with that clarification in case anyone was out there wondering who is Nicholas and who is Juan and wondering if they were different people. They are not. They are the same person, but Juan is just more authentic to his Colombian heritage. Now, there is still a lot of conversation to get through, so let's jump right into the episode. I would, I, I'm trying not to generalize as well. How would you connect the two, you know, in, from your perspective, personally, you know, being, being black and being adopted versus being black and not adopted, say? I was speaking to Courtney about that the other day. I said, you know, growing up, I, I just stepped back and I, some of the things that I say or I do, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is in like the, the Caucasian handbook 101, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. When I'm hanging out with Islander people, so like Kiwis or oh. um, or black other black people, the conversation changes. My demeanor changes. Mm. It's just all immersing in that sort of culture. Same mm-hmm. with Spanish. But then I take a step back and I'm like, wow, I, I grew up so white. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's a hard question to answer. I guess it's connecting the two. I, I guess I have two different personalities in that regard. You know, I... Mm-hmm. I tailor towards the company I'm with. Yeah. Okay. Being more aware of 
this is the right time to say this or speak this mm-hmm. way or do that. Mm-hmm. But then when I can, not because I have so much hair, I can let my hair down. And, you know, <laughs> and just relax and speak the way that I would speak if I was growing up in a black culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is it is it that, is it sort of to, you know, accommodate whatever social situation you're in, those people's feelings about it? Or is that something that you that you prefer to do and you like kind of how you bop between two different sort of personalities or demeanors? I think it's a bit of both, definitely. Okay. I like the different sort of demeanors, you'd agree with that. Mm. Yeah. But but I also understand that the other the other side, so the people I'm speaking to, it accommodates them as well. Mm-hmm. And now, Courtney, you've obviously talked with his mom a lot about his adoption. Um, mm-hmm. Did your both your parents are white? Yes. Um, yes. And did they did they ever like have like the talk with you about being adopted? I, you know. Y- it's apparent, I feel like, for children that they look different, but maybe they don't understand why or they don't know what adoption is until later. Um, I think they had a few talks with, I don't remember the specific talks, but I just remember the books that they'd get us. It would be my brother and I, everyone's different except my brother and me and all mm-hmm. those books, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I remember one day my brother was, <laughs> dad told me this story about my brother. He was, um, I think he just had a shower or something. And he turned his hand over and he was like, oh, look, Dad, I'm nearly like you. And Dad just okay. laughed, you know, like mm-hmm. little things like that that sort of mm-hmm. resonated, but then were also like, hmm, we are, you know, different. Like we did, had a trip to the Bahamas mm-hmm. ago, and oh, we went to like, because my parents love the culture, culture, like, yes, it's nice to stay in a nice hotel, but they were like, let's just get a cheaper hotel yeah. and mix with the locals. Yeah. The path, the other Caucasian people that went to the Bahamas wouldn't have even gone there, but it was like a local fish fry. Everyone was there. You have people from all walks of life, but they were all black. So mum yeah. and dad were actually the two, only two white people right. in a crowd. Ben and I were like, my brother and I were like, we feel like we're home, you know, finally <laughs> we're the you know, it felt good mm-hmm. to be in that position. Courtney, do you feel like now that you, or you're both parents now, and something that I learned about my adoption in therapy, which I probably would never have thought otherwise, was when I think about being a mom and having kids, uh, I've never ever considered thinking about my, you know, birth mother in those in that situation on that day. And my therapist said to me, you know, I feel like that's going to be, it's going to be impossible for you not to think about the woman who gave birth to you because you'll be in the same situation. You'll be giving birth. And um, it was weird for me to all of a sudden think like, wow, you know, I really don't think I could give birth to someone and then not think about them for the rest of my life, especially if I didn't get to see them grow up and, and all of that. And so have you being a mom now and being a parent, uh, being parents, has that sort of made you think in ways that you wouldn't before about adoption or about Nick, your, your birth, uh, relatives in ways that you can't maybe before your parents? Um, yes, we actually, I had this discussion the other day and we were saying like, I don't know if we both said it at the same time, but I think at separate times we have said, I, 
I find it really hard because obviously I wasn't adopted, but Nick is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would find it really hard to be able to give up a child. Yeah. Um, and Nick has always said, like, he knows why his parents or his mum did it. She gave him the life that she couldn't actually give him by, mm-hmm. you know, like someone adopt him. Um, so he's always been really grateful for it and never mm-hmm. really thought much about it. He's always mm-hmm. said his parents are his parents and yeah. who they are. But I, yeah, I definitely think now I just find it so hard when thinking about it. And it, it does make me really upset because mm-hmm. I'm like, I couldn't do it. I, yeah. I find it really hard. And I know people obviously do find it really hard and do it for their own reasons. Mm. But, it yeah, it really, it it didn't resonate with me straight away. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Um, I think the birth that I had, I had a cesarean. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of a really surreal experience. I think when you, I might be wrong, but when your body doesn't go through, through the pain of a natural birth Mm. it's I kind of she was given to me and put on my chest and then I was in shock like Mm. I didn't actually believe that she was here so it took a little while for me to actually get used to oh she was mine Mm -hmm. Um, but then after it kind of really sunk in a few weeks later that it wasn't just kind of a dream and I wasn't going day by day for nothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> then yeah it was it was quite a few weeks later I was just thinking it's such a special thing to have mm-hmm. a child and I can understand how people do want to meet their birth parents and everything mm-hmm. like that obviously you wonder about people all the time yeah. and yeah it just yeah we definitely have had that conversation quite a few times mm. Nick do you feel do you wonder about your DNA relatives or your birth parents a lot or at all? Um, I wonder sometimes about my birth parents. I think, mm-hmm. you know, where would they be? What are they doing? But then also I think, you know, with the life that it would have been in Colombia, there wasn't much opportunity really. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's mm-hmm. also like, did any of my other siblings, you know, get adopted as well? You know, what's, what's the situation there? If so, yeah. where are yeah. they? That type of thing. So it's, I do think about it, yeah. Yeah. Is it... Has it, um, have you thought about the possibility that, you know, that you were put up for adoption uh, as a choice, as like a, oh, you know, it was an accidental pregnancy or we're not, I'm, I'm not ready to be a parent right now or I don't really want this baby instead of, oh, I hope this baby has a better life? I have sometimes, mm-hmm. but then I also think, well, you know, how old was my mum? Like twenty-eight. Yeah. So Nick was the eighth baby. Mm. So it was only when I was going through with his birth certificate, his um, his mum had like all the adoption papers there in this folder. Mm. I was going through, and um, it listed, you know, that she'd had a cesarean, and Nick was born at twenty-eight weeks. So he was born at one point very early five kilos wow um so that was really amazing for him to be able to survive yeah totally country um but yeah it was really interesting because it said like she was 28 and it was her eighth 
baby. So it was always something that Nick didn't really think about it at first, I don't think, when I said that to him. And then I said, I just, generalising again, I think males don't particularly talk a whole lot about their feelings. Well, Um, certainly not in America. (laughs) (laughs) Nick doesn't anyway. So I kind of always have to like prompt him with things to get Mm -hmm. an answer out of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we were having that discussion and I was kind of saying a few things, but I, I said the same thing. I was like, do you think maybe like, I don't know, it was a, a different dad and that was why, you know, you yeah, up or maybe it was because you were 28 weeks and she didn't know if you were going to survive or couldn't, you know, handle the hospital bills or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean. So many variables. Yeah. 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 Wow. I did ask about after that and wonder. One thing I think is funny. Or yeah. more so putting into that it must be an emotive thing. You say put up for adoption. You say give up. Mm. Also put up for adoption. I I do not say give up. Mm-hmm. I've never noticed that. Wow. Mm. Um. Yeah, that is so interesting. I that's that's cool that you had all that context and all that background. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So I guess like my last sort of que- like official question is um, we've touched on it a little bit, but how do you, how do you think, or both of you think that, you know, adoption and race and both can, can be better normalized in Australia? Um, you know, in, in America, it's, I feel like a lot of it comes down to, we ask like what your race is and you fill out a box and it's just, you can't boil it down to a box and there's so much so nuanced um, compared to what can be put on paper. It doesn't leave a lot of opportunity for people to kind of explore their own identity. We're already like, you know, when you're, the moment you're born, you're this or you're that and you're, we categorize. So that would be my answer. But how do you both feel like um, people like us adopted adoptees, people who know adoptees well, um, who know and love us and are us can sort of help normalize this sort of conversation? I'd say definitely implementing something into the education system. Mm -hmm. Like history or just geography, um, something of that nature to actually, even if it's the smallest snippet, but it still gives people an idea of mm-hmm. what adoption is and, mm-hmm. you know, then they bring someone in, a volunteer that is adopted, whoever mm-hmm. it is, and they come in and answer questions, that type of thing, just to give people a realistic idea of what it's like to be adopted, whether yeah. that's, you know, whether it's the the positive, the negative, all of the above, just to let people know what it's actually like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, oh, I'd say I was speaking to my boss about this today actually. Mm. When you're filling out those tests, as you said, because we are, you know, tested as such a test-associated society, mm-hmm. but it says, are you Torres Strait Islander, Aboriginal, are you Black, Hispanic, Asian, white? Mm-hmm. You know, it should just be, I'm American. I'm Australian. Yeah. It, it, you shouldn't have so many different boxes. Yeah. I actually think there's only three boxes. I think it's Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander, and other. <laughs> like, it doesn't even list all of them. So even if you had the choice, mm. it's literally... Yeah other like that doesn't make people feel great right Hmm. so yeah I think that's a very good point of 
you should just have, you know, Australian or American or whatever. It's, yeah, I I agree completely with mm. what you said, just more education around it in school. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, like you said, you don't know who's adopted. Mm-hmm. Like anyone could be and I think everyone just needs to get educated more about it um, yeah. so that people, especially if people are talking about it, they don't feel like someone can't say their opinion on mm. certain things because right. you know, they don't want to upset someone else. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. everyone has a right to an opinion, <laughs> um, but as long as you're educated on it in the right way. Mm. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And, and, and going off of that, do you had, have you thought or talked about at all how, you know, you're going to raise a child and with an adoptive parent and with, you know, multicultural identity and a, a biracial parent situation. Um, and I'm sure at some point she will have questions about like, Oh, what about like your parents? Um, and like, where did you come from? Have you thought about it all? How you're going to handle that? Or you just, when it comes, it comes. No, but there are some ways like when, um, I don't know if it was the start of last year or in the last couple of years, Nick actually started learning Spanish because that's what they speak in Colombia. Um, and so we have actually said like, he will speak a little bit, not obviously fluently Spanish, Mm -hmm. but but, you know, just things like milk and apple, stuff like that. So she does know a little bit of Spanish as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously Nick's genes are the dominant genes. So sure. she is, <laughs> she's quite a bit darker than me. I'm right. very pale. Um, so I don't think there will be any sense of, you know, she'll ever feel like, you know, left out or anything because she yeah. looks a lot like she's her dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We haven't really actually had the discussion no, when she asked questions. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, Nick's dad is his um, adopted dad. is also adopted. Oh, so wow. I think, he, yeah. I think there will be a lot of questions that will come up out of it eventually. Wow, wow. Um, but I think we'll always talk about it like it's normal. Yeah. So she just grows up thinking nothing of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious, Nick, did you decide to learn Spanish uh, in sort of efforts to reconnect with with sort of where where you were, your uh, your birth country, so to speak? Yes. Definitely. Yeah? Okay, cool. Very to cool. That side of my culture. Mm-hmm. But also, as Courtney was saying, to pass it on to Ivy. To yeah. Learn. This is part of your culture. You've got Spanish, even if it's 2%. Somewhere yeah. in yeah. your DNA, yeah. Um, so you can consistently learn that as well, and it's just a keeps my. I get bored very easily, so it keeps my brain active as well. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. I think that's something though that we'll always try to like mm. with her. Even like um, she's teething at the moment, so mm. I um, I bought her a little amber. Um, anklet mm-hmm. that you put on to help teething but it was too big for her so it was falling off and then one day we were walking past this little boutique where Nick grew up and um, they actually had African amber beads mm-hmm. so, um, they're not like the traditional looking they've got like cool little patterns on them and mm-hmm. I don't know if they've been hand painted or mm. what but they're really cool 
but you know I showed Nick and I was like oh do you think like this is something you'd like to get her and he was like yes I love that it's African mm-hmm. so she's worn it ever since I bought oh. it mm-hmm. um, so I think stuff like that like we'll always keep um trying to include everything for her. that's so cool that's awesome okay um those are like all of my official questions and I thank you guys so much for your time and your willingness to participate this has been really great it's okay thank you it's been awesome thank you for uh having us I feel like we're on a tv show or something oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) this is just just this will just be audio so (laughs) it was it was too early for me to to be ready for camera camera ready you know but (laughs) is that I must say, you must be a really good plant mom because your plants are super green. <laughs> you know, it's it's a new hobby that I have uh, sort of worked on in, in, in pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, we can call you the pandemic planter or something, Yes, right? but thank you. That is such a compliment for a new plant mom. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Where about you? Because your time zone said, it said New York, didn't it? I think it's in New York. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's, it's the exact same time zone as New York. I just live in Boston. Okay. In Massachusetts. Sounds nice. Maybe yeah. we should go Why there. Yeah, yeah, we'll come one day. When we're allowed. Yeah. yeah. 2026. <laughs> when we can travel. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's, um, we're, you know, over here, we have our election in, in, in under two weeks. And uh, right now, uh I think the whole whole country is sort of holding its breath a little bit. Like we had our most our final presidential debate last night, um, and oh god, if 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 Trump wins, I might move to Australia or some or somewhere. You have a preference of who wins? You know, your debates are actually shown live on our TV. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. like it's that talked about. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like coming from another country, but I, I, as a, as an American who's lived here my whole life, I will look around and say, what the fuck is going on? Um, and I can only imagine that, you know, from Australia, it looks quite bizarre. Okay. That is a wrap on part two of my conversation with Nick and Courtney. Hopefully you've been listening to this interview in order, but if for some reason you're jumping in now, then I would make sure to go and listen to last week's episode, part one, and then come back next week so you can hear the concluding part three of my chat with Nick and Courtney all the way in Australia. For this week, my question is, what is something that you didn't hear discussed on the podcast that you'd like to be included for next season. This is the perfect time to tell me I wanted to hear more personal anecdotes or I wanted to hear more adoption stories like Matt's from episode 10, the one that had two parts. Anything that you've been interested in or curious about, it doesn't matter if you're adopted or not, let me know. There will be a post where you should leave your suggestions, any ideas in the comments below.
Thanks for listening to this episode of I'm Adopted, Now What? Hosted by me, Liza. If you liked what you heard, then please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Leave a good review and share this episode with a friend. If there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on a later episode, DM me and tell me all about it. You can do that and find this podcast on Instagram and Facebook at imadopted.podcast. See you there.